All right, we'll turn to Revelation 3. Thank you, team, for uh, ministering to our hearts. Hope, that's a great desire in each one of our lives. How can we have hope in this life? Let me pray. Dear Father, I ask your blessing upon uh, this message as we enter into the season of Advent. May you truly come and may your presence be felt in a, a new and a unique way. Lord, we ask for your presence. We ask for your guidance in our daily life. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill us and show us your plans and purposes. Through difficulties, through the moments of joy, through decisions that must be made, thank you for your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, welcome to our first Sunday of Advent and online. Let me encourage you, uh, we are having communion at the end of this service, so if you uh, would like to get unleavened uh, bread or cracker and some uh, juice uh, to participate at the end, and maybe you've already picked some up uh, from here earlier in the week, but uh, we want you to prepare for that uh, as well. I uh, want to uh, just kind of revisit what Garrett had said about Advent. Advent just simply means coming. And it's a ceremonial time, and as Baptists, we don't do a whole lot of ceremonies, but I think this is always a beautiful ceremony to remind us about Jesus' coming. Advent just simply means coming. The first coming of Christ, uh, he came in a manger. He came humbly. The second coming of Christ, one day he's going to come as the triumphant king. But also, the moment that we trust Christ as Savior, he lives in our life. And we want to remember and realize that he is with us. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I'm going to be with you forever. I want you to understand that I'm always there. But we just have to acknowledge his presence in our life. Maybe we get so busy in life that we're making decisions and uh, we just go about our life. We get up in the morning, instead of taking time to read our Bible or just to say to God, God, I ask that you would fill me. I ask for your guidance in our life. We just look at our to-do list. We look at our responsibilities and kind of just rush on our day and until we end up in a difficulty. And then we say, oh man, I need you, God. Let's, let's not wait until we're at a difficult time. And though if you're in a difficult time, what a great time to call on God. But let's not just wait until... We go through a difficulty. Let's acknowledge him at every moment in our life. And so Advent at this season is inviting him into this season in our life. You know, maybe over Thanksgiving or Christmas, you're going to be around some difficult people. Invite God in that he can grant you peace. Maybe you've had some difficult circumstances or you're going to face some trials in life. Invite him into your life. He wants to provide everything that you need. As you uh, go shopping for Christmas, ask God for wisdom and guidance. You know, we don't want to end up in January and February and have a bunch of credit card debt, right? I mean, that's not what Christmas is about. So ask him right now, God, how can I make wise decisions in my life? You don't want to be so busy over this season that you didn't take time for family, didn't take time uh, to just rest and really acknowledge his coming into our life. So ask God for wisdom at this season. God, will you guide my schedule? Help me not to say yes to so many things that, you know, I end up frustrated and then I'm yelling at the kids or I'm upset uh, with my spouse or whatever. And, you know, uh, I'd make so many uh, work decisions that I, I just am not really making wise decisions. So this is a great time. This Advent time is to say, Jesus, I invite you in. I want you in this season in my life. We're even going to see that Jesus comes knocking on our heart's door. 
And so uh, we saw the lighting of the candle of hope this morning. Hope. Someone said hope, the acrostic, is hold on, problems end. Maybe you've been in hopeless situations before. You know, God wants to grant you hope. Often we think of hope as, well, I hope so. I wish, I want, I desire. But that's not the biblical word hope. The biblical word hope is a calm assurance. It is an expectancy, a confident expectancy when we trust God that by faith we can depend on him. It's not I hope so, but I have full assurance that he's going to bring to pass what needs to happen. That's the Bible definition. It's a light in our eyes. It's a light at the end of our uh, tunnel. And it is a light to guide our daily path. So today we light this candle of hope, and at home I hope that you also lit a candle of hope. And you can uh, go to a store and get an an Advent candle set and participate. I think this is a great time. And join us on our blog. If you're on Facebook, you'll see links to our Christmas blogs, or you can go to our uh, uh, choicebaptist.org website and look at the blogs there for uh, our Christmas blogs as well as we share some thoughts about Advent. In a good movie, it always has a big crisis, right? Some big difficulty that's going to go on. Think of the great movies that you've watched, and it seems like every scene has some great disaster. If, if something doesn't change quickly, there's just no hope left. But the hero comes on the scene, right? The hero shows up. And he deals with the problems, he fixes the circumstances, he saves the day. Maybe you watch the Christmas movies, whether it's Lifetime or Hallmark or some uh, other channel. And these stories always, you know, everything's going great and wonderful. And then what happens? An old boyfriend or girlfriend or some difficult circumstance comes up. And it all seems hopeless, but then something right at the end of the movie changes, right? And everything ends up good. And you wouldn't watch the movie if it didn't end up in a high note, right? If it ended up and just, uh, and, you know, everybody died at the end, I mean, you'd kind of feel like, why did I watch that movie, right? You're not going to watch a movie like that because we look for hope. Well, we need hope in our life. We need the hero to come on the scene. And certainly that's God. But I also want to say this. As Christians, we are to be followers of Christ. We're little Christ. We're imitators of Christ. And we are to do the work of encouragement as well. We are to provide hope. Is there somebody that you can call this season? Is there somebody that maybe you could place a visit or send them a postcard, a short note, and just offer them hope? Or maybe you are struggling. You know, it's a great time to ask for help. Or at least accept help from someone else. That can be quite difficult just to accept that help. But we've got to lean on Christ for hope. He is the one that offers us hope. He's the one, as we refocus our thinking, that he provides forgiveness. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to give us hope. And as we're going to see in this passage this morning, he comes knocking at the door to provide exactly what you and I need. Revelation 3.20 says this, Behold, and that simply means pay attention, look, I want you to see, and I want you to do something about it. Behold, 
I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Two applications I'd like to just share this morning. The first is in the area of salvation. This passage has been used for a long time to share the gospel with people. That we all have a need and within our heart there's this door. And maybe you've seen the picture of Jesus knocking on the door and there's no doorknob on the outside of that door. The only person that can open it is from the inside. But Jesus is knocking. See, he wants a relationship with you and I. That's what Christmas is about, that Jesus came into the world, God dwelling with us. He wants a relationship with you and I. But sin has caused a terrible problem. Sin causes a separation between us and God. But Jesus comes seeking after us, and he knocks on our heart's door, and he wants to be invited in, but we have to invite him in. Has there been that time in your life that you have accepted Jesus and you know you're going to heaven? We're talking about hope, and we're not talking about, well, I hope I'm going to heaven one day, but I know for sure, I have the assurance in my life, there's been a moment in my life that I opened the heart's door, and I invited Jesus to come into my life. I know I'm going to heaven because there was this point in my life. You're not just born a Christian. It isn't something that you are developed into, or just it just kind of happens. You must personally invite Jesus Christ into your life. I did that as a teenager. I said something just simply like this. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I know that you died for me. Please come into my life and forgive my sins so I can go to heaven when I die. That simple prayer was just inviting Christ into my life, and he's knocking on our heart's door. Years ago, I was working with elementary age kids, just like our Impact Kids Wing, and I was working in there before I was a, a pastor at the church I grew up in, and I was sharing this passage with uh, an elementary age boy. And I read this verse, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I said, Jesus is knocking at your heart's door. You need to invite him in. I said, what does that verse mean to you? He said, well, Jesus isn't going to kick the door in. I've got to open it. And I was like, wow, that's exactly right. You have to open your heart to him. He doesn't just come in. He isn't going to be rude. He's a gentleman. You have to invite him in. Has there been that point in your life that you invited Jesus? He's seeking you. He's knocking at the door. Listen to his voice. He's calling for you today. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Give me salvation because of what you did on the cross. But this verse primarily isn't a verse about salvation. It isn't just talking about asking Jesus into uh, our life personally, but this letter, the book of Revelation, the first several chapters in Revelation begins like this, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is all about Jesus. That's what this book is about. Don't be afraid to read the book of Revelation. It tells us about Jesus. And the first several chapters 
refer to seven different churches, these local churches in different areas. And in chapter 3, Jesus is talking to the church at Laodicea. The city of Laodicea, there was a particular church there, and this church had some struggles. He talks about seven different churches, and in the seventh church is the church at Laodicea. And in this church, Jesus is knocking on the door. Now, they were saved people because they're a church. They had been baptized into that church. They had gathered together on a regular basis. That's what a church is. They gather together. And so this church gathered together. They, they sang songs. They heard a sermon. They fellowshiped as Christians. But there was one problem. You know, Pastor Steve often reminds us that when we gather together, Jesus in our midst. But the problem of this church is Jesus was on the outside. Whatever they had going on, uh, they hadn't invited Jesus into their church. They were so busy with whatever they were doing that Jesus was outside, the door was closed. You know, you can have a steeple on your building, you can have a church, you can even be a Baptist church, and Jesus could have no part in that service. Jesus is outside knocking on the door. He's asking to come in. Maybe they were so preoccupied with life and circumstances and difficulties. Maybe they had a church uh, a year like 2020 and, you know, life was just turned upside down. And they were so busy trying to deal with their own issues that Jesus wasn't the priority. I don't know all that was going on. But Jesus is outside of this church knocking and he's saying, I want to come in. Now, who's going to fix this? Is it the pastor that's going to fix it? Is it the staff that needs to do something? Is it some key leaders? Is it the kids in the Impact Kids Wing or the singers that uh, lead us in worship each Sunday or those that are greeting us as they come in? Who is going to do it? Well, let's look at Revelation 3 one more time. Behold, Jesus is talking and he's saying, I want you to pay attention. I want you to see this. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, hey, that's not an ordained person. That's just you and I, any of us. Is anybody not in anyone here? That sounds like the Whoville uh, or something a little bit, but uh, you're part of the anyone's. I'm part of the anyone's. If anyone will do what? Hear my voice. Did you know God is just speaking constantly? God is always speaking. The question is, are we listening? He's there. He wants you to hear Behold, pay attention, visualize it, and hear. If anyone hears my voice and does what? Opens the door. If he opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Do you know what he wants? He just simply wants fellowship with you and I. Sinful people, a holy God is knocking out our door personally and corporately. And he's saying, I want a relationship with you. Just invite him in. Why don't you just do that right now? Just say, hey, Jesus, come on in. You don't have to say it out loud. If you want to, you can. Jesus, come into Choice Baptist Church right now. We invite you into our presence. We invite you into our family. We invite you into my family room or office or wherever you're watching this today. I invite you personally into my life for guidance and direction. You know what, why Jesus is doing it? 
He said, I want to dine with you. I want to have a supper with you. I want to have a meal. You see, a meal really isn't just about the physical sustenance. It's about the relationships, right? Whether you, whether you get together at Christmas or Thanksgiving or some holiday, why do you gather together? It's for a relationship. It's not just to have a meal together, but it's to have that relationship, to gather together, just to spend some time together. And Jesus says this, I want to come in and I want to have a meal with you. I want to personally spend time with you. I want to be in this church here. I want to lead your family. Don't do it on your own. Don't try to go your own path in life. He wants to help you with the circumstance. He wants you to love in an unlovely situation. He wants you to have peace in a very trying circumstance. He wants to give you hope when you are hopeless. He wants to be invited in. But he's not going to force his way in. No, we have to invite him. If any of us will hear his voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. Behold, I want you to see it. Hear, listen, and do something about it. Not only for salvation, but for restored fellowship in our life. You see, Jesus is the light of the world. He is the one that can enter into the difficult circumstance. He's the hero that wants to save the day. He's there for us. And he wants to have a meal with you and I. Picture with me the last moments of Jesus with his disciples. And he gathers for the Passover. And he transitions from the Old Testament Passover to the New Testament institution of the Lord's Supper. He has this meal, he breaks the bread, and he says, I want you to remember my body. Until I return in my second advent, I want you to observe this, and this bread is to remind you of my broken body. This cup, this juice is to remind you that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And he said, I... I'm going to observe this with you again when I return. But until then, I want this to be a perpetual ordinance. I want you to do this on a regular basis. <clears throat> and I want you to remember me. We call it Lord's Supper or communion. A relationship. A moment where we acknowledge his presence in our life. This season. And through this ordinance, Jesus coming into the world. And Jesus coming back to the world one day. And until then, his presence in our life at this moment. What do you do when company's coming over? You clean the house first, right? In the first service, I, I said that. What do you do when you, you uh, have company over? You clean the house. And I saw one of the parents look at one of the teenagers and say, See, see, that's, that's true. That's why I had you clean in the house. You know, I saw that look, and they were like, Yeah, sure. You know, that was the kind of thing. And I understand that as a teenager, what difference does it make? Socks are on the floor all the other time. Why does it matter if grandma comes over, right? I mean, I understand that uh, idea too. But what do you do? You clean the house. And what do we do before communion? Before we invite him in, we clean the house.
Maybe there's some bitterness in your heart. Maybe there's some unrest in your mind. You're filled with anxiety and, and, and difficulty. Hey, let's just clean it out right now. Invite Jesus in. And if you can't clean it out, invite him in and let him clean it up. Before we partake of communion, let's just do some soul searching. Invite him in. And as he comes in, we can have hope. We can have love. We can have joy and peace in our daily life because we know that during this Advent, during his coming, he said, I'll never leave you, and I'm going to guide you. No matter you don't have much money, you're not certain about a job, there's some sicknesses you're dealing with, some difficult trials in your life, Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Let's bow our heads. Dear Jesus, we invite you into our individual life this morning. Lord, if there are some things that are not pleasing to you, as far as our relationship with others or our walk with you. May you clean it up right now. We confess, we admit, we repent. We acknowledge our frailty and our need for your strength. We ask for restored fellowship. God is a family. We ask that you would intercede. I pray for families at home, I pray for families that are sitting here this morning that they would place you as the leader of their family's life. That they would submit to you. I pray that men would be leaders, but only as they follow your lead. I pray that families would just surrender to your plans and purposes. And God, I pray for our church. We invite you in. We ask for your wisdom, for your leadership. May you be the provider. May you be the sustainer. May you be the head of this church. Lord, we invite you in. May your presence be real. May it be manifest in our personal lives. May we just sense uh, your goodness and your grace in our life. Dear Jesus, please come in. We open that door to you. And just before I close in prayer, friend, if you're here or you're watching online and you're not certain of your salvation, you don't know for sure when you die you'll go to heaven, just invite him in right now. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I invite you to come into my heart. Please forgive my sins and take me to heaven when I die. If you made that decision today, congratulations, Jesus Christ coming into our life to live forever, to take us to heaven. Dear Father, we acknowledge you at this moment. May you be worshiped, praised, and celebrated. In Jesus' name, amen.